What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi everyone. Today I'll give you 10 tips on how to read Marcel Proust's novel In Search of Lost Time. Perhaps the longest and most difficult novel of all time. I'll also tell you about 10 changes you notice after you read the novel. So 10 tips before reading and 10 signs after you read. Let's begin. 1. Enter through a Nietzschean door. As a young university student, I came across Nietzsche somewhat randomly. I took a course in philosophy in which Nietzsche was mentioned as a critic of democracy. I was intrigued, so I read a bit more about him and I fell in love with him. I mean his ideas. Then after university, I became interested in literature and creative writing. Guess who I came across? Of course, Proust. There was such a perfect match. A match made not in heaven, but in a cup of tea. The German philosopher is famous for his ideas such as Ubermensch, God is dead, Zarathustra, the heck with morality, and so on. But there is one thing that Nietzsche's philosophy is famous for, it is art is the best human quality and purpose. For Nietzsche, life's purpose is basically creativity and artistic genius, or cultivating greatness through art and creativity. So if you are into Nietzsche's philosophy, then Proust's novel fits perfectly well in your Nietzschean path. Understanding Nietzsche makes Proust so much easier, and everything he says makes perfect sense. Nietzsche gives you the theory, and Proust gives you the application of that theory. So if you are into Nietzsche, then Proust will be easy for you. 2. You don't have to be a woman, but it helps. A while back I was researching for my video on time perception, so I had to read a bit about Henri Bergson, the French philosopher, who was a big influence on Proust's idea of time. But they also had a family tie. Bergson married Proust's cousin. Bergson is famous for a theory of inner time, which I discussed in my time perception video in detail. But he was also famous for something we call intuition. While reading about him, I learned that Bergson had a huge following in the turn of the 20th century, but mostly women. Now, if you look at him, he's not that sexy. So it wasn't his sex appeal, but it was his philosophy of vitalism, which is based on intuition. You know you always hear about female intuition? I have had plenty of time. So women found Bergson so convincing that the English philosopher Bertrand Russell laughed at him for being a philosopher of intuition baloney, or some crazy French thing called déjà vu, or such nonsense that only women believe in. 
Russell, being an Englishman, believed in logic, of course. So the reason women loved Bergson was because he talked their language. Now to bring it full circle, Proust talks the same language. Who loves a cup of tea and cake? I bet it's usually women queuing up outside cake shops or having afternoon tea. You will find men queuing up to get a beer instead of a cake. So Proust being gay and being a delicate soul speaks in a very feminine way. It is not politics or global change or hunting in the wild or drilling for oil in the seas. Instead he talks about cake, tea, goodnight kisses, art, music and childhood memories. So if you happen to be a woman it's a lot easier to relate to Proust. In case you have doubt, I am a man. Not the most masculine of course, but I absolutely love reading Proust. I have read him twice. So being a woman it's a lot easier to read and relate to Proust. I should put a disclaimer that not all women are the same and not all men are the same. Before you call me something for saying men and women are different, my third tip is a racialist one. Third, you don't have to be Japanese or Buddhist, but it helps. Many years after reading Proust, I started this channel, so I had to read the greatest novels from around the world. Guess what, when I read the Japanese classic, The Tale of Genji, all of a sudden I thought I was reading Proust. Now granted, The Tale of Genji was written precisely 900 years before Proust, but like some French déjà vu, I thought Lady Murasaki and Marcel Proust had a lot in common. Then I dug a bit deeper and found so many similarities between the two. In Japan there is a concept called mono no aware, which means fleeting moment that evokes sadness. For example, a chair that someone used to sit on is empty. Your kids just left for school and you see a plate on the table. These moments evoke sadness that is also beautiful. I've talked about Proust in my Tale of Genji video, but to bring it a full circle, Proust must have been influenced by Japanese culture. After some research, I found that Japanese paintings were incredibly popular in France at the end of 19th century, at the time Proust was growing up. Artists like Monet were hugely influenced by Japanese painting. When you read Proust, you understand the attention to detail so fundamental to Japanese culture. Perhaps in a different reincarnation, Proust was a Japanese or a Buddhist. I do not know whether Proust read the tale of Genji or not, but Virginia Woolf, who has a very similar style to Proust, read it and loved it so much. Proust is very much about the process, not outcome. How the taste of a cake takes you back to your childhood, not how it fills your tummy. It is how, not what for. Japanese is very much a how culture. The way you slice the fish is more important sometimes than how quickly you do it. So if you are Japanese or have interest in Japanese culture, then reading Proust is easy for you. 4. You don't have to like art or music, but it helps. Proust's novel is about art and itself a piece of art. It's a mirror to see art, but also the novel is a mirror inside a mirror. Okay, if you like artists like Vermeer, Vincent van Gogh, Manet, Monet and more, then Proust's novel is a literary version of their paintings. The, the fleeting moment, the sadness of time passing, the memory of those paintings evoke and more. Proust was obsessed with art, so in the novel he talks a lot about architecture, paintings and music. One of the biggest influences on Proust was the French composer Charles Camille Saint-Saëns. Unfortunately I couldn't find a copyright free song by him to accompany this piece, but you can listen to him on YouTube. So while reading In Search of Lost Time, listen to Saint-Saëns. 
Another influential composer on Proust was of course the German giant Richard Wagner who also had a huge spell over Nietzsche for many years. Wagner in turn was influenced by Arthur Schopenhauer who like Nietzsche put art and music above everything else when it came to the purpose of existence. To connect all the dots Schopenhauer and Nietzsche were influenced by Eastern philosophy of Buddhism and Hinduism that places more importance on art not science. In other words how you do something not the outcome. Vladimir Nobakov, the Russian novelist considered in search of lost time the best novel of its time. That's clever, best of its time, lost time. He likens the novel to Mozart's music, quote, the transmutation of sensation into sentiment, the ebb and tide of memory, waves of emotion such as desire, jealousy and artistic euphoria. This is the material of this enormous and yet singularly light and translucent work. So if you are into art, then Proust is not only easy for you, it's also a must read. 5. You don't have to wait for the right time. Proust's novel is about time, so it is time you start reading it. Don't wait for the perfect time, because there is never a perfect time to do anything. Just as my uncle Nike says, just do it. Put on your Nietzschean goggles and read it. If you have 5 minutes, just read a few pages. If you have 10 minutes, read 10 pages. You got more, read more. One of the biggest mistakes we all make is we wait to do something when time is right. Just as John Lennon said, life is what happens when you are busy making other plans. Of course, this tip goes against Proust's philosophy about time. He says no two moments are the same. Sometimes time stretches and sometimes it shrinks. So it's time you start reading the novel. Don't wait for the right time. Make yourself a cup of coffee or tea and read until you've finished your drink. 6. You don't have to lock yourself up. Another big mistake most people make is to find the perfect place to read it. People wait until they go to prison, or until they go on holiday, or until they retire in countryside. None of them is a good excuse to wait. Just as there is no perfect time to read it, there is no perfect place either. Read it in the toilet for 10 minutes each day. It's also a good exercise for your bowel movement and digestive system as you make sure to poop once a day. Proust's In Search of Lost Time is not only about time but it's also about place. So it doesn't matter where you are, just open the book and start reading. By the time you end up in a prison or some retirement villa or some country house, you're no longer the same person. You have changed. You have no desire to read Proust anymore. Proust says we die many times or go through many metamorphosis throughout our life as we grow up. So waiting for the perfect place is futile, so don't wait for that place. Read it on the train, toilet, in bed or park or wherever you are. 7. Do not have expectations or assumptions. Proust was an artist of disappointment. Why? Because his characters expected things, imagined things to turn out one way, but they turned out the other. So the best way to go into Proust is to have no judgment, no expectations or assumptions or some other preconceived ideas. One of the biggest mistakes is to make it your New Year resolution. That's a sure way to fail. New Year resolutions only last for a week. Reading Proust is a lifetime. Open the first page and start reading. Let the words take you on a journey. Don't search for some profound meaning or transformation. Just let Proust take you wherever he takes you. I promise he isn't going to take you somewhere terrible. But go into him without assuming things or dreading things. Enjoy the little moments. Don't need to think of the finish line. Immerse yourself in the process. 8. Read like a cross-country skier. You are allowed to jump and dodge obstacles. 
act like a Taoist. If you face resistance or obstacles, move around it. So what I'm trying to say is that feel free to skip paragraphs or even pages. Boring slopes and ruly hedges, dense foliage and sharp rocks are to be avoided when you're skiing or hiking. So Bruce is a very long hike. While reading, stop and look around. Enjoy the light that falls onto the page from the window of your room. Or the little breeze that rustles the curtains or dry leaves outside. Reading is an art form. While reading, you are an artist. Proust is one end of the art and you are the other end. It's in your imagination that Proust comes alive. So daydream as you like. It is the reader's imagination that turns it into a work of art. So if you feel stuck, go the next paragraph or page. Don't frustrate yourself. 9. You don't have to have a French nose. The French are artists of a smelly food. No surprise that Proust based his entire novel on the taste and smell of food. The French make the smelliest food on the planet. Cheeses like rotten milk. Sorry, I meant fermented dairy. Wine is another smelly French enterprise. It's a fermented grape. Okay, the French ferment everything. Hence, everything smells in France. So to cover it all up, the French are also known for their perfume. It's a whole package deal to be French. You smell cheese and wine and then put on some perfume to find a maid to smell. Life is easy. Proust is no different. He smells like every other French person. So while reading it, eat a lot of cheese, drink a lot of wine, you turn into a French person. Now you know that reading Proust in the toilet makes sense. Smell. When you get a copy of Proust's novel, the first thing you do is smell it. So, if you're into French food and perfume, you might find it easy to understand Proust. 10. You don't have to have a buddy. Reading Proust is a lonesome journey. You and some French guys smelling tea, smelling ladies of French high society, smelling art, music, and of course, books. But it doesn't hurt if you find someone to read with you. You can read a few pages, then call your buddy to talk about it, or meet for a coffee and discuss. I guess the first thing you should do is buy the whole set. Yes, get all of them. Investing money on something works. Suddenly it becomes more important to you. That's why free stuff is never appreciated. Of course, if you're a highly motivated person, then this video is moot. But I assume you have low motivation, so spend some money, then you have to read it. Find a partner to read it with. If you don't have partner, then it's time you put on some perfume and smell around until you find one. I guess I could offer a helping hand by making a Proust book club. Let me know if that is something you, to your taste. If you have no time to read Proust, watch my full 40 minute extended summary of the novel here. If you have even less time, watch my 12 minute summary here. What happens after you read Proust? 10 signs. After reading Proust, you will be changed. So I'll tell you about 10 signs you will notice after reading the masterpiece. 1. You cannot stop talking about Proust. You tell everyone about him. Why? Proust gives you a new window to look at the world. Actually, new pair of eyes, so you feel revitalized. You feel you have to tell people about him. You feel you have discovered a new way of seeing yourself and the world. And then you notice that your friends don't see things the way you do. You feel disappointed, unless you find someone who gets it. Okay, I better stop here. 2. Time becomes your enemy number one in the universe. Your enemy is no longer your neighbor or your partner or some people on Twitter. Your enemy is time. It's time that is actually destroying you second by second, minute by minute, day by day, and year by year. You suddenly realize 
damn, all these years I've been barking at the wrong enemies. My colleagues, my boss, my classmates, or some crazy person online, or a politician. It's time you take time more seriously and ignore other people. Who cares if someone said something negative about me online? Who cares if someone cut in front of me in the queue to buy cakes? Who cares if someone stole my bicycle? Who cares if someone left a negative comment on my video? It hurts, but in the face of the devastation that time causes, those things have no meaning. Proust gives you a new perspective. He goes big and bigger and tells you about the universe and time and the second law of thermodynamics. Entropy is destroying you. How can you fight back? 3. You start thinking about a legacy. You start thinking you got to do something in life, something really big or something really small, but something beautiful. You start searching for a mission in life, an artistic legacy. It could be writing a novel or a painting or building a unique house or an enormous cathedral like Antoni Gaudi's Sagrada Familia in Barcelona. It could be building a park or school or something else. It could be making YouTube videos about literature. Oops, I gave away my secret. Proust's protagonist spent his entire life on writing the most beautiful novel in the world. That is dedication, sacrifice and pain that turned into an art and legacy. 4. Now you think, since time is my enemy, I better rush to leave an artistic legacy. I better make that beautiful hut in the forest, or buy a farm, or write a novel very quickly. No, instead of rushing to do things, Proust actually slows you down. He tells you to take your time. You start watching people, observing their behaviors. You stand behind your window and watch people in the street. You notice how everyone rushes to work. You notice how people dress. You take your time to think about yourself and reflect. Proust spent most of his life seeking the company of Parisian high society, then years chasing partners, and only the last 15 years of his life on his novel. But all those years of meaningless pursuits gave him the insight to write the most profound novel in the world. So you learn that sometimes you have to rush, but other times you have to slow down. It's like an artist waits for the right inspiration or idea. Once he has, he strokes his brushes like a dancer. 5. Your notion of a solid self crumbles. You are never the same person day to day. You die and you are born again nearly every day. You remember certain things but you also forget many things. Your memory is telling you you are the same person, but your actions tell you a different thing. For example, we all go through many partners in life. Why did you fall out of love with your previous partners? We might think it's because of something they did or something I did. But Prue says no, it's because you are no longer the same person who fell in love. You are a different person. It's like drinking beer. The first time you take a sip, you dislike it. But the second time you sip, you love it. It's not the beer. It is the same beer. But it's you that's changed. Another example is boredom. Once you see something or read something or know someone, you get bored. Why? Bruce says you are transformed into someone else. Your past self plus the experience, now you are a new person. Just as beer transforms your taste palate, you're transformed by knowing someone intimately. You understand that there's a whole universe inside you, how much you don't know what it means to be human. 6. You become less sentimental about life. You don't cry about little things anymore. This sounds counterintuitive because Proust was one of the most sensitive men of his age. For example, in the novel, a goodnight kiss kept him awake for years and years. Well, not years and years, but for a long time. 30 pages. 
but after reading the novel, you realize you shouldn't take things too seriously. 7. After reading Proust, you get past the depressing, hurtful, pessimistic aspects of life, such as love, career, or family. Instead, you find pleasures in little things or deeper things in life. You suddenly understand the disappointments in life. You no longer think it's a shock to be disappointed. You get it. Everyone has the same feeling. Life is good or bad in moments. Happiness or peace is not permanent, but temporary. Love is temporary. Life is temporary. You get it. Once you know the devastating power of time over everything, you are better equipped to deal with those disappointments when they come your way. 8. Your senses become sharper. You notice little things. Small things become more important than the big things. You get a new pair of eyes. As Proust said, the journey of discovery is not about seeking new landscapes, but a new way of looking at what is in front of you. You smell flowers, you study the petals, you start watching bees and butterflies in your garden. You listen to the sounds you hear. You pay attention to the taste of food and smell of food. When you hear music that takes you back to your past, you realize it's a Prussian moment. 9. You understand Buddhism better. Life is truly suffering, and it's not a bad thing. Suffering is just the reality of life. Your suffering is not special or unique. Every human being on earth and throughout history has suffered. To ease suffering, you should desire less. The Buddhist teaching of detachment makes total sense. Love never lasts, desire never lasts, happiness never lasts. All your external happiness is temporary. What makes you unhappy is your desire for love, for lust, for more money, for more power, more things. But none of them are fulfilling. Only art gives you the tool to enjoy life in the moment, here and now. Buddhists say suffering is part of life. Proust confirms that for you. But Proust says turn that suffering into a piece of art. 10. You think human anatomy is not very practical for love. You notice that the human body is not made for love. It is designed for procreation. It's an evolutionary solution to make sure new babies are born so the human species live on. It doesn't care how you feel when you kiss someone or make love. It's not like a jigsaw puzzle that fits perfectly. It is what it is. It just works. Proust talks about how while in love we want to possess the other person. How human anatomy leaves you disappointed because you wish you owned the other person when you're in love. Thank you for watching. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.